the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead, and I'm a California bar-admitted attorney, and I'm also a bankruptcy law certified specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. So as for my training, in addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees of law. That is to say, I'm a master of the laws of taxation law and also a master of the laws of intellectual property law. Now, both of these great master's degrees in law were obtained from one of my favorite alma maters, Golden Gate University School of Law, as you know, is located in one of the most beautiful cities in the world, San Francisco, California. So, as a result of my training, my experiences, and my lifelong interests in business and economics, or as my dad used to say, put money in my pocketbook, um, I'm really interested in the roles that money and finance and economic and business play in the everyday lives of everyday people like you and me. So, that's why I primarily practice bankruptcy law, because I've told you before, Bankruptcy, to me, is one side of an economic development coin. People who are interested in entrepreneurship need to know about the upside of business, and they also need to know what happens when businesses take a, you know, a slight bump in the road. They might need to consider bankruptcy to maintain the viability of their business. I also uh, practice debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and, of course, taxation law. And as I've shared with you before, one of the things that I'm most proud of when I have the opportunity, that is to at least seek out and attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors because more and more of us are being targeted by charlatans who want to divorce us from the money we worked a lifetime to accumulate and money and wealth that we intend to pass down to the next generation. Now, I'm coming to you again today from my continued voluntary lockdown in my makeshift studios in my home in another great world-class city that I absolutely adore, and that's the beautiful city of Oakland, California. And I come to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and, of course, small business owners. However, I must again, once again, ask you to please note that this show doesn't provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. 
Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that may be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances because everybody's situation is different. But hopefully I can provide you with at least an outline of some of the key issues that you may need to consider as you seek out and find qualified professional help to help you with your legal uh, financial matters. Now, as you know, I do this because I'm known for saying representing yourself in a legal matter with the person on the other side of the table or at the uh, courtroom table uh, adjacent to you knowing all about the laws and uh, the facts and everything and then you're there with your you know layperson's knowledge which you know is nothing to, to to laugh at but you're just putting yourself I think a bit behind the eight ball kind of like taking a butter knife to a gunfight what generally happens in those situations even if you catch your adversary napping and you can sneak up on her and scratch her on the arm or even poke her in the eye, more than likely you're going to be the one on the receiving end of their bulletproof <laughs> bullets that come against you because you don't have all the facts and knowledge that you need to thoroughly defend yourself. So that's what, and as a result, your valid defenses and your righteous claims against your adversary will likely see the promised land way before you do. So once again, I shared the purpose of Selwyn's Law. It's to discuss the law related to your money and finances, and more than likely in today's economic situation, the lack thereof, and what you need to consider to protect your and or your families and or your small businesses and or your employees, money-related health wealth and well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening form. So I, I, I want to take a moment because some of you have asked, why do I always say that I'm in voluntary lockdown? And what's up with that? Well, you know, I think those of us who can work from home, even if we don't have to, should and we should do so until there is a science-based scientific community rigorously tested and peer-reviewed vaccine that is approved for its safety and efficacy and not for any political reason by an independent taxpayer-approved supervisory agency, and that vaccine is made available to the general public at low or no cost. Now, why is that? Well, to me, staying away from people, I might want to be around if going to and from their location may cause me to interact with someone who may be infected and then cause me to act as a carrier of COVID-19 is an expansion of my way of tithing. Now, as many of you know, traditional tithing is where a person of faith in the furtherance of her construction of the faith that she has allocates, say, 
10% of her income to her church, her mosque, or her synagogue. Some of that money can and should go to support the leader of the religious community, the pastor, the imam, the rabbi. And I'm down with that. But I believe most of it should go towards furthering the good work the center of the universe expects of all of us without even asking. That is to say, we're all supposed to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, shelter the homeless, educate the uninformed, and provide good stewardship to this planet that God gave us doing all those things without proselytizing about it. Now, since I've decided that one of my best and higher uses as a human human being on this planet is advocating and educating individuals, families, and small business owners about the law as I understand it, something that I can do anywhere with a few basic tools, as such, I believe I can make a derivative but even more important contribution to society by backing off and giving wide berth to those of us, those of you who have to work outside the safety of our homes in order to make our contribution, our highest and best contribution to society and gain the means to support ourselves and our families. So I'm talking about people like bus drivers and lift drivers and sanitation workers and mail carriers and plumbers and gardeners and food service workers and doctors and nurses and policemen and women and firemen and women and FBI agents and secret service agents and the janitor and other service staff who work in the White House. So, I say being stuck at home while being able to make a living for myself and my family is a small price to pay if it will help us as a society shave even one single day of the duration of this terrible pandemic that has taken so many lives and destroyed so many livelihoods to date. Anyway, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So today I want to share with you all some information that may a benefit, be a benefit to those of you who are, who are facing a financial hardship, a difficulty, and you're considering filing for bankruptcy but you have substantial equity in your home and fear losing it in a forced sale by a Chapter 7 trustee if you file a Chapter 7. Now, many of you don't realize the impact of filing a liquidating bankruptcy, that is to say, a Chapter 7. However, according to Judge Robert E. Grossman of the Eastern District of New York Bankruptcy Court, when he ruled that a Chapter 7 trustee could sell the debtor's home even where there was no equity in the house, but where the trustee had cut a side deal with the lender 
that let the lender move ahead with the foreclosure without the debtor's consent because the trustee had cut this deal with the lender and carved out some of the money that would have gone to the lender for foreclosure and the trustee could use that money to pay off some of the debtor's unsecured creditors and pay the trustee's fees. According to Judge Grossman in his decision, he said it is imperative that prospective debtors be aware of the gravity of filing a Chapter 7. When a debtor files a Chapter 7 petition, she surrenders many of her rights with respect to the property to the Chapter 7 trustee. A debtor must understand the risk that they may emerge from bankruptcy divested of the ownership in their residence. And that's the case is in restart case number 270948. So when we come back, we're going to talk about something that's taken place here in California that may help. But first, we're going to take a short break and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion about the possibility that people don't realize when they file a Chapter 7, especially those who file it on their own, that you are divesting yourself of the equity of the assets of your bankruptcy estate. You turn that over to a Chapter 7 trustee who actually stands in your shoes and sometimes will stand in your shoes. I mean, they have access to all of the assets of your estate. And some people say, well, I'm going to file a Chapter 7 because there's no equity in my home. Well, I just shared with you a recent case that was decided in the uh, Eastern District Bankruptcy Court in New York, where the judge, Judge Grossman, allowed the trustee to sell without the consent of the debtor uh, the real property because the lender cut a deal with the trustee where the trustee got some of the money back to distribute to the unsecured creditor class, which is what the trustee's role is, and to pay his or her fees. Now, what ha- there's been a recent happening out here in California that is looking at helping debtors consider in this situation. When you file for bankruptcy, you exchange control of your assets to the trustee in exchange for getting a discharge. That is to say, you won't have to be responsible for those debts anymore. And you get a fresh start. Well, the fresh start is made up of the exemptions that you're allowed. You're allowed so much for your car, uh, your clothes, your tools of the trade, and it's either state by state or there are federal exemptions. Well, if you don't have, if you have equity in your home, you better believe the Chapter 7 trustee is going to want to sell it. But even instances where there's no equity, um, uh, trustees might be able to sell your property. But say there is equity. Well, in California, we have very antiquated exemption rules about your real property. The old exemptions or the ones that are in place right now are very insufficient because of the high valuations of property in California. For example, the average sale price of a home in in San Francisco last year was approaching $1.5 million. 
here uh, in the East Bay. It's it's more than a million dollars for a traditional home that you might have acquired for a hundred thousand dollars twenty five thirty years ago, and and likewise valuations down in Southern California. Well, the exemptions were minuscule, so okay, if you had say. $200,000 worth of equity in your house and you needed to file for bankruptcy because your overcome your business failed and your creditors were coming after you. If you had $200,000 in uh, in equity in your home, uh, your exemption, if you were under a certain age and you had a family, your exemption was $100,000. So that meant the trustee would sell you your house. she take the $100,000 in equity and, and write you a check for $100,000. And then what are you going to do with that? Well, that's better than a kick in the head, I guess. But what are you going to do? You can't buy a replacement house with that. Nor could you force the trustee not to sell your house because that's the trustee's job to accumulate and, and, and liquidate assets to pay your unsecured creditors. That's the deal. You, you're not responsible for the debt, but your equity, unless it's exempted, is forfeited to the, the trustee. So, it, okay, so $100,000 for the an average family. If you were uh, older, the exemption goes up to $175,000. So that same scenario, you know, depending on what it would cost the trustee to sell your home, have to hire a real estate broker, have to hire a lawyer, have to pay his or her fees. Sometimes if there was not a whole lot of money on the upside, that is to say, for example, you had $200,000 worth of equity, you were 65 years old, and you could exempt $175,000. It would be up to your lawyer to show uh, the trustee that it's not worth it to sell your house and let you keep that house, even though there was a little cushion there that the trustee could get. But, you know, even $175,000 is a lot is is not a lot of exemption if the house has $500,000 worth of equity which many seniors here in the bay area we have $500,000 equity we have $600,000 worth of equity you know, over in San Francisco we might have a million dollars worth of equity but we can't pay our bills and so we need to file for bankruptcy okay comes to the rescue AB1885 it updates exemptions in bankruptcy to better reflect today's rising house costs in the Bay Area. Okay? And uh, California Senator Bob Wykowski, uh was the author of the bill, and Governor Newsom recently signed the bill, and it takes effect January 1. 2021 just a few short months from now so you know i'm counseling folks maybe we need to figure out what we can do to dance for the rest of the year and and try to put off filing until the beginning of the year because let me just read the press release that um the senator uh put out in a press release dated September 18, 2020, California State Senator Bob Wyskowski praised Governor Newsom for signing a major increase in the state's outdated homeowner exemption law that will boost the amount of equity protection from creditors and prevent more homeowners from losing their residence in bankruptcy cases. Now, this AB 1885, a budget trailer bill, 
puts California more in line with other states with strong exemption laws. Okay, put a pin in it. There are states in the United States of America where you cannot lose your house, even if you file for bankruptcy. And some people we know here in California moved to these states because they were being sued and they were going to lose everything. They changed their residence to a state that has protection for the entire house, no matter how much equity they're in. But again, here in California, it was minuscule, $100,000 for most families, and it rose up to $175,000 for seniors and or people with disabilities. Okay. According to uh, California Senator Wykowski, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name, the bill is about protecting people's most valuable asset by meaningfully updating the homestead exemption will keep families from falling deeper into debt and economic insecurity, according to the senator who's a member of the Senate Budget and Fiscal Review Committee. The homestead exemptions are currently not nearly reflective of the actual value of residential property in California in 2020. To put it bluntly, they are woefully insufficient. AB 1885 will change that, and the senator went on to applaud Governor Newsom for approving the important bill. Again, the existing homestead exemptions in the event of bankruptcy is $75,000 for singles, $100,000 for a married couple, or a, a single person with a dependent child, in residence in the house and $175,000 for seniors or folks who are disabled. AB 1885 increased the exemption to the greater of $300,000 or the countrywide or countywide median sale price of a single family home the calendar year prior to the year when the judgment debtor claims the exemption. It caps the amount at $600, and beginning in January of 2022, adjusts it annually for inflation based on the change in the California Consumer Price Index. Now, the bill was and is targeted to middle-class California homeowners to enable them to keep their home in a bankruptcy. Now, discussions for and about updating the homeowner exemption began in the Democratic Caucus Working Group on Economic Recovery uh, that was created by State Senator Pro Tem Tony Atkins. They eventually became part of the budget dialogue between the Senate, California Senate, and the Assembly. For middle-class Californians who have decided to work to build equity in their home, the bill makes it less likely that their home will be forcibly sold off to pay any of their unsecured creditors. Uh, It will essentially help seniors on fixed income who have spent a lifetime paying down their mortgage not get kicked to the curb when they run into financial difficulties in this bizarre time that we're all living in and need to file a chapter seven. I, this is someone, I think this is great. I think this is wonderful. I don't know why it took such a long time, but 
uh, we need to take, you know, a big hat tip to Senator Bikowski, who represents the 10th district, which includes Southern Alameda County and parts of Santa Clara County. You know, Senator, you're my favorite guy for the day. I really appreciate what you're doing for California consumers who find themselves facing financial difficulty and must file for bankruptcy. So, you know, I'm going to leave it there for now, but always in closing here on Selwyn's Law, we like to stand on the right side of the law, including supporting those who support us by implementing and signing off laws that may help us stay in our homes, even if we have to file for bankruptcy. So until next time, take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. 